This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. Be sure to follow me both on LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is my pleasure to bring on the big show today, Baruch Lubinsky, who is the founder of Lubinsky Financial, specialists in retirement planning, investment management, and pre and post Aliyah financial planning. He's licensed by the Israel Securities Authority's portfolio manager. Borough specializes in working with Olim, who are looking to grow their wealth successfully, and is the author of the Olim's Bible, A Financial Guide to Aliyah and Life in Israel, much of which is available now free online at financialguidetoaliyah.com. Borough Lubinsky, welcome to the show. Hi, Aaron. How's it going? I am very well. Thank you very much. So let's jump right in. Um, Olim. It's a big thing. We all read that the numbers are off the charts. We've had a record year, even with Corona, a record year um, of Aliyah. What is, what's like a big issue that you find with people or that you should let people know about um, who are thinking or have just come on Aliyah? Okay, so probably one of the, the biggest issues that Olim face when they're transitioning their finances to Israel is what do we do with our assets? What do we do? I know, again, this is obviously it's an area that you are dealing with in terms of asset management. We deal with it. And, and it causes a tremendous amount of confusion because do I keep my source, my assets, my, you know, the source of my finances in my home country, whether it's in the States or in Canada? Do I transition it slowly here? Do I bring all my money over here? People have big questions because the financial world has become much more you know, closely integrated on the one hand, but yet it's still very separate, right? You have your money in the United States, you have your money you know, in, in the UK, it's denominated largely in the local currency and the local currency is impacted by many things that are really controlled by the local governments. So you know, in the United States, they're printing money right now. They're causing inflation in theory. They're potentially causing a long-term devaluation of the dollar. So that's gonna impact people in the US in one way, and it's gonna impact people here in Israel in a different way. So if you're living here in Israel, if you're coming here to Israel, so one of the things I always like to stress is that people have to think about this issue very carefully. They have to think about how much money, what do they wanna bring? How do they bring it? What types of, ink, of, of assets do they wanna bring over? Certain assets you can't bring over or, or it's not, advisable to bring over money that's sitting in an IRA in the United States. Obviously, it's going to create a, an immediate tax liability for people. So you're not going to drain a large IRA in order to, to bring it over here, even if you thought that the dollar was going to do very poorly against the shekel in the long run. But it's something that you got to think through, you got to plan. You know, it obviously depends also if you're early on in life, 
and you're going to be working here in Israel and you're going to be saving shekels. So maybe you don't need to bring over assets. If you're retiring here and you have all of your income flowing in dollars, so then maybe you need to look at bringing over more of your assets to Israel. But it's something you got to think about, right? We've seen in the last year and a half, right, the, the devaluation of the dollar against the shekel. Nobody knows what's going to be in the future. I personally can't tell you I know what's going to happen with the dollar. I don't know anybody who really knows who can tell you exactly what's going to happen. And so there's risk, right? right. There's risk with the, the currency. That's probably the most significant issue that, that I, I like to make sure that people at least understand. Okay. So is there like, people always ask me, um, is there like a percentage of their assets that you think that they should have in Israel? Now, obviously, so my answer to them is, well, it's dynamic. Like you mentioned, if you've got all your money in an IRA, then the answer is going to be a very small percentage of your money should be in shekels. If your money's in taxable accounts and what you cash, whatever, then maybe you want to have more. Is there like a, like a golden rule that you have or you really have to play it by ear? So I, I think it really is you have to play it by ear. Um, what, I, what I tell people, and I know it's, it's not always so helpful, but I say it shouldn't be zero and it, and it shouldn't be 100%. It should be somewhere between. It has to be, it has to be balanced and, and it really largely depends on where your income is coming from where you are in your, in your stage of life. Because obviously if somebody is, is 30 and they're planning on working here in Israel and contributing to different Israeli pension plans and to save here, it's very different than somebody who is not earning any other additional income and is gonna be draining just their retirement savings plans or, or somebody who, um, who has social security in the US and it's gonna be dollar-based. So that might encourage them, we might encourage them to take bring over more so that there is at least some shekel exposure in the long run. Um, so it's, it's really, it is a balance. Obviously we have to look at the individual circumstances and the tax liability. And, and I'll tell you, there also is a, a very strong element of, of how somebody is thinking in general about Israel versus you know, the United States in terms of stability. Certain people see that you know, the United States is the world's superpower, the you know, economic power of the world, and, and that's where I wanna keep my money. And they feel comfortable, even if they have currency you know, risk to, to leave their money in the US, and that's fine. And we encourage people if they feel like that, that, that they shouldn't be bringing over large amounts of money and, and keeping it in shekels. But if somebody has other leanings and is much more concerned about what's going on in the US, both politically and socially and economically, so then they might actually bring over more and feel comfortable with that. Um, it really, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of background, the baggage I would call that people come, you know, the financial baggage, you know, the, the Holocaust survivor. And I have Holocaust survivors who are clients they're not going to bring all their money over and keep it in one place. Right. They're going to diversify. They're going to have that mentality of, you, I don't want to be caught in a situation where I'm going to be too exposed. And they'll see Israel as being still very exposed. So uh, you really have to balance. Okay. So, okay. So we've made Aliyah and we've taken your advice and we brought our money over. Can you give us a little bit of a sort of a rundown on, on, how to invest in Israel. Obviously, the first thing I'd like to speak about, obviously, if you're an American, you've got to be very, very careful uh, if you want to invest in Israel. So can you touch on those uh, topics first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of the differences maybe in how one can technically invest here locally. Right. Okay. So first of all, just like the way I usually present it to Olim, the investment world in Israel 
is divided into what I would call three main buckets, right? There's pure financial portfolio assets that are going to be you know, traded predominantly on the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange, whether it's bonds and stocks or, or different funds, ETFs or mutual funds, et cetera, that are all traded, that are all like financial assets. So that is one part. There's real estate, right? A lot of people, a lot of Olim really like Israeli real estate because we've seen consistent you know, growth of prices because Jews around the world want to have a part of the Holy Land. They want to have a presence here. They want to be able to, you know, guarantee their spot. And, 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 and there are some attractive ways to invest in real estate. Um, it's been predominantly in the residential space, but it isn't just residential. There's also, you know, the debt market and there's commercial. There, there are increasingly large um, ways of getting, you know, significant ways of getting into the real estate market. And then the third bucket I would call um, venture capital, and, and all the alternative space where there is a very, very dynamic um, technology market here that I'm sure you know, you're familiar with and we all hear about and we read about how strong those markets are. And so there are, are a lot of ways for, for accredited investors at least to, to get into that market if they are interested. Um, so those are kind of like the three main ways that, that people are investing over here now. For Americans specifically, when they are looking at the first bucket, the financial app, um, portfolios here in Israel, so they have to be very careful about the PFIC issue that we all know about, the Passive Foreign Investment Corporation, right? So it, they're limited in terms of their ability to invest in mutual funds, in, in even exchange-traded funds here in Israel, even Many accountants out there have problems with, with their investments in, in coupon gemels and even in certain types of pension funds. Um, so they have to, you know, they have to look at, at alternative ways and, and the most, you know, the simplest way for them to avoid that issue is to create their own portfolio, mm -hmm. to have a portfolio that is consisting of individual securities, stocks, and bonds. And so they're creating their own diversified portfolio, and then they can avoid that entire PFIC issue in terms of investing uh, in the financial markets here in Israel. Okay. Um, Baruch, I, I was remiss. How can people get in touch with you? How can they get in touch with me? Okay, so the best way is um, either through my website, which is labinsky.com, L-A-B-I-N-S-K-Y.com, um, or... Uh, you can write me directly also at baruch at labinsky.com. And our office number is uh, here in Israel. It's 972-9910029. Okay. You are tuning in to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you, where we speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at lighthousecapital.co.il. Check me out on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. Be sure to follow me on both LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube 
station, channel, whatever they call it these days, the, the youth, whatever they call this new technology thing. Um, we are speaking with Baruch Lubinsky, who is um, a specialist in Israel in retirement planning, investment management, and pre and post Aliyah planning. Um, he's also a licensed portfolio manager by the Israel Securities Authority, and that's what I'd like to focus on now. Um, from people who come, we, we've spoken about the need to sort of diversify, and, and since you've got a new life, let's say when you come to Israel, financial life, in order to sort of take away some of the risk and hedge some of your currency issues, um, it's probably prudent to invest locally in Israel. Now, people coming from the States, at least, it's a little bit different the way that people tend to invest in Israel. Um, can you, Borch, can you sort of give us the landscape, the difference between portfolio management and which is sort of predominant, the, the, the main way people here invest as opposed to in the States and give us sort of the lay of the land and how they actually can invest here? Right, so the two main um, ways that people can invest in the financial markets is, again, what's, the, what's distinguished between where they're holding their money and who's actually managing their, their assets, right? So the banks have the lion's share of investment money that is kept with the banks, meaning that they are the custodian of those assets. But the way that the Israeli bank financial system was set up, the banks are not allowed to invest clients' money directly, meaning they're not allowed to take responsibility and act, become an asset manager. The bank's role is to act as an investment advisor. And so what you have, in Israel, there are two licensed uh, designations. There are asset managers, and there are advisors, investment advisors. In Hebrew, it's yo'atzei hashka'ot. Those are the advisors who work for the banks. And then you have portfolio managers who are menale tikim. So the yo'atzim who work for the banks, they give advice to clients. But it's basically the client who has to decide what they're going to invest in. Again, you have different levels of, of advice that the that the advisors give. You have some advisors who kind of act like portfolio managers in the sense that they give advice and the clients basically just sign off, but they have to be involved in every decision, every sign off, every change that they make, the client has to make those decisions, right? So you can either work with a Yoetz, an advisor and get that advice and, and implement it, implement it yourself or implement it through them. You can hold um, you know, individual securities, you can hold ETFs, local ETFs or mutual funds. Again, those are more problematic for Americans, but you can hold those assets through the bank and have it implemented um, through your advisor or independently through the bank's interface. Um, but you're basically doing it yourself with advice or without advice, but you're, you're doing it yourself in that framework. And then we have the portfolio managers. So portfolio managers in Israel um, are licensed to be able to independently manage portfolios for their clients after they define together with the, with the needs of their clients. So a, a typical client of ours who is, wants us to manage it so it can still be held, held by the banks. The banks act as the independent custodian. The client isn't actually transferring us the money. They're continuing to hold it in their account, but they're giving portfolio managers the ability to, to independently act in their account based on initial guidelines. 
And so on a day-to-day -day basis, whenever we're trading, whenever we're making changes in portfolios, we're not calling people up like the, the typical stock market, stock broker market, you know, like a model of like yesteryear where people would call you up and say, I've got a nice, like, you know, hot stock tip. And then of course they're making money from trading and okay, that, that's, that was like the American model here in Israel. Portfolio managers are, are, are charging based on asset management. So it's a fiduciary type of relationship where we are independently managing and then making adjustments and, are, and we're in touch with the clients, right? And then there are also the port, there are also the investment houses here in Israel who kind of act separately parallel to the banking system. And they're also custodians of assets. And they're kind of like an, a combination because they, on the one hand, they are the custodian of your assets, even though your assets are really held with the bank, but they're held really by the, the investment house. And then they also have portfolio managers who work for them. So they're kind of like a crossbreed. They, they, they manage mutual funds, they manage ETFs, and they also do portfolio management. And in theory, they're supposed to be completely separate divisions where you know, you're not really selling another divisions products, but we all know that there's a certain element of, you know, cross-breeding and that's how, you know, they're, they integrate their financial model. It's amazing how when you look at one of their portfolios, it's full of their own uh, mutual funds and ETFs, but there is no double dipping. And for wow. some reason, the regulator is out to lunch when it comes to that, but that's a different thing. Right. So, <laughs> right. so there, isn't, there, isn't, there isn't supposed to be double dipping, but of course, most clients, when they're presented with, oh, well, your management fee is only going to be X, which is a very, very low cited fee. And then they don't realize that they've also are signing over to give the ability to the portfolio managers to put their own products in and take management fees for all the other products. They don't realize how much is leaking out through the, that process or the fact that they're also using their own trading rooms. And they're also, again, that's their model. And, uh, um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, and finally, Baruch, you're actually able to create, right? You're actually, for, for American Olim, you can make uh, 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 PFIC compliant portfolios. Is that right? Correct. 100%. Right. Yeah. In order for it to really avoid the whole PFIC issue, you have to stay away from any type of funds, whether it's local Israeli funds, whether it's ETFs, local, you know, uh, ETFs or or mutual funds and, and you can create your own when that's what we do. We, we model, you know, that type of what, um, you know, individual portfolio where we can approximate what the indexes are doing and create the diversified portfolio for clients without them falling into any of the, the issues that they uh, would face with PFIX. That's great. And once again, Bar, how can people get in touch with you? So either through our website, which is Labinsky, www.labinsky.com, or directly my email address is baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, at labinsky.com. And uh, our number here as well in Israel, you can reach us directly, is 972-2991-0029. I want to thank you so much for joining the show. It's been uh, very, very interesting, and hopefully we'll have you back one day. Thank you so much for hosting. Always a pleasure. You've been tuning into the Aaron Katzman Show, where we speak about your life, 
your money and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at lighthousecapital.co.il. Check me in on the web at www.aaronkatzman.com. Be sure to follow me on both LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's been a pleasure being with you and we will see you soon.